Welcome to No Red Pen, the podcast that helps you make the most of educational technology in your classroom. I'm your host, Tom Mullaney. This week, Beyond Hyperdocs, seven tips that will help you make the most of Google Docs with your students. Design engaging Google Docs that hold your students' attention. Let's go! A company called Learn Platform recently released their list of the top 40 most used edtech tools in the United States. They measured this between September 1st, 2020 and May 31st of 2021. Websites and edtech tools, I noticed there were no uh, Google Chrome extensions on it, so I think this is just websites. Do you want to take a guess what the number one used edtech tool in the United States was for the 20 to 21 school year? It's Google Docs, and when you think about it, this makes so much sense. How many Google Docs do students write, and how many Google Docs do teachers share with students, whether it be guided notes or resources or worksheets, whatever it may be. And now this episode of No Red Pen will help you make the most of Google Docs because you don't want to share a Google Doc with your student where your student sees it, it's a bunch of black text against white pixels, their eyes glaze over, it's boring, it's not engaging, and when there's hyperlinks, they go all over the place. No, 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 we're gonna design Google Docs that are engaging our students and hopefully, in some instances, keeping them in the Google Doc when we want them to do other things. I'll talk about that soon. So let's talk about seven tips for using Google Docs. Let's go beyond HyperDocs. Let's make really engaging Google Docs. My first tip for you, Lexend Fonts. So if you're not aware of Lexend Fonts, they've been part of Google Docs now for two years, and they're really part of Google Docs, Drawings, Sheets, Slides, and Sites. You can use Lexend Fonts. There are eight fonts from plain old Lexend to Lexend Deca all the way to Lexend Zeta. What they do is they flatten the letters a little bit and they space the letters. What this does is it makes the letters more readable for students and they've researched this and they make claims about uh, readability, comprehension, all this good stuff. I love Lexendeca and I would just suggest using a Lexend font in the Google Docs. You know, you don't have to use Arial. I know it starts off with Arial. Don't use Arial. <laughs> Try Lexend fonts. Also, by the way, the letter A in Lexend is like the handwritten letter A. It doesn't have that cap like most print letter A's do. Go with that. So tip two. Tip two is just a good practice when making digital content. So this really applies to your emails, other things. When you share a hyperlink with your students, never share an actual hyperlink. What I mean by that is you want to link text. So if I'm, let's say I'm linking to President Obama's biography on the White House website. Don't put the URL of that put a little thing that says President Obama's White House biography and then they click on that and it opens that website if that makes sense. The reasons we avoid URLs, one, anyone with a screen reader, it's a nightmare. It literally is HTTPS colon slash slash www. Like you don't want your students, anyone with screen readers to endure that. Two, when I see a URL, my eyes glaze over, and I'm sure our students do as well. There's no engagement. We, you know, it's boring. It's really hard to process. So whenever you share a website with your students, never share the URL. Link text, and that text should tr ideally describe what is being linked. 
All right, now we're getting into a very recent update, tip three, hyperlink checklist. So what I mean by that is at the beginning of the Google Doc, put a checklist of everything they students need to complete in that Google Doc. So that way they are marking them off as they go and it's helping them understand, all right, what am I responsible for? What do I need to get done? But we can go further than this. Make each individual task, start each individual task with a heading. What that means is that you can then go back to that checklist and you can link the checklist item to its actual head, you know, the heading down in the doc. So if, you know, item number seven is answer these questions. If I click on that in the checklist, it takes me down to item seven, answer these questions, whatever it may be. So that's a really nice thing we can do. Hyperlink checklists. I suggest putting them at the start of a Google doc. It not only tells students what they're accountable for, but also takes them right there. And that's because when we link anything in a Google Doc, it will give us the option to link to headings in the Google Doc and bookmarks in the Google Doc if you want to do it that way. All right, tip four, encourage your students to use Google Docs and Slides preview panels. This is so powerful. So one of my big pet peeves in ed tech, in regular tech, is that we all have 20 tabs open and especially, you know, student Chromebooks, my goodness, you're going to gum up that device and, and really tax that processor. We don't want to do that. What we want to do instead for Google Docs and Google Slides. So if I have a guided note doc or a study guide and I say, refer to these slides. Well, we can hyperlink the slides and then show your students they can view the slides right in the Google Doc. And it's a preview panel. It opens in the bottom right corner no new tab needed and they can actually look at the slides while they type in the doc it's pretty nice this also applies to google docs so think about what you can do let's say there's a long article you want students to read and it's linked in that google doc and then maybe they're answering questions in the google doc or reacting or reflecting what if you copy paste that article into a separate google doc at the very beginning put your source you know, you can even hyperlink, you know, source, smithsonian.com, whatever, right? Don't put the URL, but Smithsonian website or whatever, put the title. And then they can read that text in the Google Doc. And you don't have to copy paste it in the Google Doc. And they can see it with where they respond and where they type. Oh, that's so nice. So Google Docs and Slides have preview panels in Docs now. So, so useful. The next one is we can add audio to Google Docs. Now, how can we do this? We can do this with the Moat Chrome extension. Now, I've spoken about Moat on an earlier episode. Oh, I like Moat. What you can do if the student, now this is a big caveat, the student has to have the Moat Chrome extension installed, but if they do, you can hyperlink words and images in Google Docs. And when they hyperlink, you can put the Moat URL that you've recorded and it plays right there. This is great for directions. So if I have directions for something, I can you know, put directions, colon, and then type them out, but then I can hyperlink that word directions to be me reading the directions, multimodal and so inclusive. So tip five, add audio to docs using the Moat Chrome extension. The big caveat, of course, is students have to have the Moat Chrome extension installed. Tip six. We can also add video. 
Remember what I talked about with those preview panels for docs and slides? Guess what? It applies to YouTube videos as well. So if you link a YouTube video, they can play it in a YouTube player right in the bottom right of the screen. So for Google Docs, Google Slides, and YouTube, students don't need to leave the Google Doc. They can just watch it in the Google Doc. How nice is that? Now, a little bonus. If you have a 360 video, I really suggest whatever you're teaching, solar system, World War I trenches, you name it, there's a lot of 360 content on YouTube. So what I want you to do with that 360 content, uh, you go to YouTube, you search, you filter by 360, and then kids can, I mean, on a touchscreen, they can use their finger to navigate around the 360 video. And by the way, they're doing it in a Google Doc. How amazing is that? All right, tip seven, the last one, and this is the newest thing. Maybe this and checklists are tied for the newest thing, but the smart chips, tiles that you can insert into your Google Doc by pressing the at key. So you can link a Google Doc, you can link a Google Slides, and what happens is you get a little icon. You get the Docs icon, you get the Slides icon, so the kids know right away. They don't even need to see the word Slides. They know what it is right away. And that's gonna work for Docs, Drawings, Slides, Sheets, and PDFs. They'll get a little PDF icon if it's a linked PDF. This also works for other things, including calendar events and actual collaborators. If you type the at and then tag yourself, it'll bring up a little thing where they click and they see your email address. So that's really nice. Now for YouTube videos, it works the same as well. The problem is you don't do the at, you do paste the YouTube URL and then it will prompt you to make it a smart chip, which is really nice. And that too will give you like a little YouTube uh, icon. So again, the students know exactly what to expect. It's very explicit. So that's seven tips, seven ways you can make your Google Docs more engaging, keep your students focused. Please, please incorporate those. That's all for this week. If you want me to bring EdTech to your school, just go to tommelaney.com slash consulting and you can get in touch with me for professional development. Please, if you have a moment, rate in Apple Podcasts. Next week, or whenever I get the microphone again, Screencastify and Edpuzzle. They've had a lot of updates and they're kind of going into each other's turf, so a little bit of a battle in EdTech. Have a great week and stay safe. Thank you so much for listening.